The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Damian Pierce, and you listen to Ross Watts. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com and by Underdog Fantasy. Go to Underdog Fantasy right now, use promo code ROSTER for a 100% deposit match up to $100. Get loaded up because the NFL draft is coming up and all of the biggest contests over on Underdog are about to get kicked off. Of course, the best ball cheat sheet, the Underdog best ball cheat sheet. Available at rosterwatch.com. We'll be getting updated when we have rookie landing spots. Right now, we do not have rookie landing spots, but boys, it's a tradition like no other. The meeting of the minds of the Roster Watch founders. Um, I, of course, am Alex Dunlap here with the Trash Man and Byron Lambert. We will be talking about our 2022 rookie rankings at the running back and wide receiver positions pre-NFL draft. Boys, it's a rainy day here in Austin. It's Trash Man's birthday. Trash man, you bought the rain, brother. What what the hell's going on, boys? We needed it. Yeah, definitely. We were we were in dire need of rain out here, so I guess you know. Yeah, could the, be worse. Yeah, it, it's the one thing was I was I was getting notices about there could be possible internet outages here, so hopefully we'll we'll be able to stay on and get through these because there's a lot of players to talk about. Byron has actually gone through and ranked his top 25 running backs between Trashman and I. We have done 45 write-ups. That's a, I think that's where we'll probably stop. 30 wide receivers, uh, 15 running backs that we have ranked. Uh, Byron has an additional 10 running backs ranked. So uh, those will all be available to our pro members at rosterwatch.com when we get the rookie rankings posted probably on Tuesday. You can see the full write-ups on all of these players, our exact thinking about all of them. But this will be serve as a good preview. And um, what's it, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the word that starts with P? Byron, that's not like a preview, but it's a uh, prelude. Prelude, a prelude? No, no. I think <laughs> prelude, maybe. I think I was thinking about about a primer, a, a preamble, yeah, like, <laughs> a preamble, a primer, a prelude, a preview, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we'll be talking about some of these players today. I figure, guys, we would just start out at the wide receiver spot. 
And um, let's just let's just get to it. Um, I was really surprised when I looked at the ranking sheet with the consensus rankings. I thought I might be all alone on an island having Chris Olave as my number one wide receiver in this class. It doesn't feel like it's a um, much of a consensus take. But for us coming to this without having really spoken to one another much about it, I know I talked to Trash Man some at the Combine and everything like that, but certainly no communication with Byron about my thoughts on, you know, how, how the hierarchy of these wide receivers were to go. Um, for me, with Chris Olave, putting him at number one, um, it was mainly just about the fact that he was the guy that when I watched his film and when I watched him in college, I just felt like he's the most ready out of all these guys. Um just a terrific route runner, so smooth, um, such, you know, once we got the combine testing on Chris Olave and we got to see that he ran the four, three, nine, and we had these comps of, to him of like Marvin Harrison and Calvin Ridley. Um, to me, when I saw that there was the dynamism there, as well as just, you know, you know, the all time touchdown scoring leader, as far as wide receivers in Ohio state history, um, just the elite body control, the elite field awareness, the secure hands. I, I, I mean, to me, it's just I, I feel like he's going to have a hard time making me look stupid, uh, knock on wood, at the next level. But Byron, I, I, we've heard from Trashman about Olave. I just, I'd, I'd like to hear from you. You know, your your general thoughts when watching him, your comps, your kind of your ideas. Yeah. So what ultimately pushed Olave to number one for me, Alex, were the comps. I mean. I actually think him and Garrett Wilson are very, very similar players. And I also think that if Jamison Williams didn't have the ACL, he'd probably be number one or the consensus number one overall, and certainly has that upside and potential, uh, the junior coming out of Alabama. But yeah, for a lobby, ultimately it was the comps that just put him over the top. I think it's very close between him and Garrett Wilson, but you know, I had Calvin Ridley, uh, Jerry Judy, Deontay Johnson, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, and then kind of like Antonio Callaway is my kind of basement comp on him. So overall, I said, you know what? That's a hell of a list of players, guys who uh, would be deserved to be drafted towards the top of any draft class. And like you said, it's um, they're all very smooth, fluid players. So, you know, the one thing you get worried about sometimes with these rankings is can a guy separate? And I think, you know, whether this, whether Olave and guys like Wilson end up being the best players in this class, we'll see. But they feel like a great blend of upside and a high floor just because they have such that technical ability to separate. They are world-class athletes with tremendous speed. They can really separate. So, you know, the way I saw this class is I think there's a pretty clear top four players and any of them could end up being the wide receiver one out of this class when it's all said and done. And then I think you kind of have that transitionary super high upside group after that of London and Dotson and Pickens. And then, um, you know, Alex, I know you mentioned to me recently, you really thought this was pretty good class and I'd agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite deep with talent. And so I think after you get past kind of, uh, five through seven, you know, like the Pickens and, uh, Dotson, uh, kind of upside range, uh, then I think it's all about the speed guys, you know, big time athletes, several of them um, after that in this draft. Yeah, trash man. So whenever you looked at Olave, we all have Garrett Wilson as our number two. 
what are the differences you see between Olave and Garrett Wilson? I mean, people are going to talk about the fact that Garrett Wilson's coming out as a junior, and I just keep harping on this. He's the, he's the same age as Chris Olave. I mean, these guys are like – these guys' birthdays are like three months apart. So it isn't like you're getting, you know, uh, a do, you know – a dude that's just withering on the vine compared to some, you know, fresh new face. These guys are the same age. Um, what, what's your, what's your general line of thought about the two? How do you, Byron says they're similar players. I don't really see them being that similar. I mean, I can, see, I can see some similarities for sure. Um, the main difference for me is that Olave seems more NFL ready. Um, seems like if you put him in an NFL, if you put him in a lineup tomorrow, he's going to be able to produce for you you know, um, in real life and in fantasy, whereas Garrett Wilson, I think he's, he's a, he's a raw prospect. Um, you know, he's, he's dynamic for sure, but I think Alave, you know, might be the better is, is the better route runner. Oh, there's no question. I don't, I don't think there's a might be to it. <laughs> yeah. Garrett, you know, Garrett, Garrett Wilson's so twitched up though, but he's, he's more of herky jerky in his, in his, in his movements there with Chris Olave, there's just no, there's no wasted motion. He's just he's just so smooth, and if he if, if, I mean if Chris Olave does fall to the end of the end of the first round and he gets to go, do you guys think he'll fall to the end of the first round? What if he goes to Green Bay? I mean, it's just it's, Jesus Christ, it's going to be wheels up. Um, do you think? Do you think? I mean, do you think that NFL teams are going to be taking guys like Drake London and Garrett Wilson before they take Chris Olave? I mean, I think there's a very real possibility. I mean, that they're just looking for you know those dynamic type of players that you know flash a lot of potential um but i you know as as the kind of pre-draft process has gone on i've seen people start to get keener on chris olave so i'm not i'm not sure that he's going to be quite the the i guess sleeper of this group that um that he has been yeah i could to alex's point i could see it being a justin jefferson type situation where you have some of this draft Twitter and fantasy community that's really super high on a guy, but the NFL sees it a little different with some of these guys. Yeah. Well, well how do you mean? How how do you mean? Well, Justin. What do you Jefferson mean a Justin Jefferson situation? Like, I mean, he I was drafted. Exactly. He was drafted at value. Was, I mean, I'm pretty sure Jalen Rager was drafted over Justin. Oh, Jefferson. right, right. I mean, but I, 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 I just forgot. Was the dynasty community seemingly heavier on? Jefferson than the I, NFL. I don't think it was as united as we are now, but I think a lot of people have learned from that when they're making their Olave t- takes this year. But there were certainly a large swath of people who were very, very strong on Justin Jefferson when he was coming out. Especially, he ran pretty fast in that pre-draft process, and uh, yeah, there there was a there was a large, large contingent that that liked him a lot, and and he he slid a bit, a little bit in the draft, and ultimately, like you can make the argument, he's best young wide receiver in the league as far as the consensus you know with us i did i wasn't sure it was going to end up like this but the more i mean the guy that kind of just made a late surge for me was jamison williams i I just i had to go back and watch more of him after realizing you know it's almost 1600 yards last year 15 touchdowns i mean that 1600 yards in the context of any offense is 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 awesome but i mean he was 31 percent of the market share for an Alabama team versus SEC competition. So um, I, I, you go back and you watch him and you're just like, well, okay. So he's coming off the torn ACL. 
He was at Ohio State with guys like Garrett Wilson and guys like Chris Olave. He left, but he left to go to Alabama. So it wasn't like – it's not like one of these scaredy-cat transfer portal things where he was you – know, maybe he was scared of competition. I don't, I don't know what his reasoning was. But, man, the more I watched about Jamison Williams, the more and more I was like, man, this, you know, this guy, once he's healthy – and Trashman will attest to this. In the combine, he didn't even look like he was walking with a limp at all. I mean, he, he looks like he's already well on his way. He just has such elite long speed. He has the he, his ability to sell routes, right? His ability to and and his ability just to change his play speed to get open. He's going to be a nightmare with these stops and starts and the you know this 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 stuff at the, at, at the next level. Um, how much do you, do you take into account? Because I see that Byron, you have um, you have James. I mean, he's he's well within. It looks like he's in your top three as well. This trash man, you have Traylon Burks ahead of Jamison Williams. So, Byron, can I just hear from you about Jamison Williams? And I want to hear from Trashman about Burks, why he has Burks ahead. Well, you know, I to your point, Alex, we our rankings are pretty homogenous this year. They're a lot it's more tightly clustered than <laughs> yeah. they have been in the past. So um I found that pretty interesting as well. But yeah, I mean ultimately. One thing I find interesting, too, is that with Olave and Garrett Wilson at the top of the rankings this year, at the top of kind of the wide receiver prospect heap, uh, Jamison Williams, Alex, I believe he was a transfer from Ohio State. So yeah, I think that's what had, I'm saying. Yeah, that's like, such an interesting little little tidbit that really, you know, those three guys. And ultimately, I think the pedigree for Jamison Williams coming out of Alabama, I, I really think he would have been wide receiver one in this class probably pretty definitively had he not hurt the knee at the end of the year. And the thing is, like you said, he's looking good. He's on track potentially to return for training camp. So you don't want to get too low on him because of the knee. And then, you know, kind of to what I said earlier, I think for me, the reason that he rises to the top of this class is that I think it's an enormous ceiling with a tremendous floor because he is got exceptional ability to run routes and separate. And so if that's kind of, was the defining factor for me putting the guys at the very top of my rankings this year. I think ultimately Jamison Williams, had he not been injured, would have been at the very top and, and could easily turn out to be the wide receiver one in this whole class. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he was the first wide receiver off the board. He has, he just, he just has so much going for him. It's not just the speed. I know trash man's comparison for him was Will Fuller. Um, I can, you know, I can kind of see it. Jamison Williams is also, he's a little bit smaller, 6'2", 179. There's the BMI stuff. But I, I, if you just watch, he's not a Henry Ruggs. He's more of a Devontae Smith kind of guy. You know, he, he, could, he, could, he could do a lot more. You could do a lot more with him. Um, I think I, I, I had, I've I had trouble with the Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, Drake London stuff, like how to how to have those guys after uh, Garrett Wilson or after Chris Olave and then Garrett Wilson. Trash man, you ended up having Burks as your number three, um, even though he's our consensus number four. Tell us about what it was about Burks. Are you not? I mean, just the more the more and more I hear about it, and the more and more you t- hear from people who are maybe close to NFL teams or who talk to the people who are in these evaluation staffs, you really hear from a lot of people that. Traylon Burks is a guy that the NFL views is probably needing some needing some time. You know, he, he's going to be an upside guy, but he definitely needs some time. Just used, you know, used, you know, so heavily there at um, 
Arkansas and used like an AJ Brown, the way that they used him out of the slot, just getting the ball in his hands, the, you know, any way they could, you know, get, I mean, they used him as a running back. They used, you know, jet sweeps. They they would throw him screens, all this stuff. But still, I mean, 48% of the receiving touchdowns, 40% of the receiving yards, 32% of the receptions. For, I mean, he was, he was the receiving offense for Arkansas last year. Clearly a dude who's just trouble with the ball in his hands. Do you have any worries that he's going to take some time to adapt to the NFL? Um, Not really. I mean, he's an athlete, you know. I feel like – and he's versatile. Um, so I feel like, you know, if it's a savvy enough team, they're going to be able to figure out how to get him on the field. If he isn't quite, you know, the polished player that, you know, you might want him to be at this point. Um, to me, it's a size speed combination kind of thing. And then with me, I, I mean, I mean, you're kind of splitting hairs to it at the top five, you know, it's Jamison Williams. He had the injury. Don't know exactly. I was coming off of that yet. So it didn't, I mean, so for me, Burks was maybe slightly safer in that way. And I like having somebody who is kind of a different profile than the rest of the guys kind of up there at the top who could end up, you know, um, could end up popping. Do you, do you think that Traylon Burks has the – do you think Traylon Burks has a higher upside than Olave or Wilson? Um, I think that – He's a player that can be used outside of your traditional wide receiver role more so than some of those other guys could be. So, 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 so trash man's bought whole hog into the Debo Samuel theory here. I wasn't going to say it exactly, but yes, it's, it's true. Yeah. I, I just, man, we've had people here on the podcast, Kyle Krabs, Matt Waldman, some of these dudes, uh, saying that that's just that's they've just believe think that's so disrespectful to, to Debo to call it. <laughs> they're calling everybody Debo Samuel now who can who can you know you know do a do a do a, do a, like a reverse sweep out of the backfield just because Debo is Debo's Debo but yeah man with Burks I mean like I said uh, when I brought him up I mean he's just like just the size speed combination and a guy that's just in at the SEC level capable of taking over football games I mean that's like it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to kind of hard to find. It's just the four five five forty time at the combine stuff like that, man. Um, you love the you you know you 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 love the my ball mentality from him. You love the way that he's such an alpha on the football field. But I felt like there were probably more paths for him to uh, more paths for him to fail. Uh, J- Drake London, who we didn't uh, who we didn't do the official write up on because the model didn't have. Uh, his his 40 time we waited until i waited until the sixth for his original pro day date to 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 uh, update the model and then do the write-up and then waited for the 15th and at this point it's like i was about to write the drake london write-up i'm like what everybody knows about drake london there's a million different write-ups that you can have about him you know but um i look at him and when i watch him i see i mean the two comps that always come to my head or are mike evans and T Higgins, which are obviously really good comps. And you also were talking about a dude who, you know, he, he was able to thrive in, in an offense that had not only Michael Pittman, but also Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, he was able to break out at a, what, when did, what, what was, what was Drake London's breakout? So his official breakout age wasn't until, Oh no, Drake, Drake, Drake London's breakout age was at age 18. Drake London's only going to be 21 this year. So to me, when I look at the two guys, the two kind of big studs in Traylon Burks and Drake London, um, 
I, I ended up going with, with Drake London ahead of Burks because for one, I feel like, uh, you know, had London been able to run, I think he probably would have ran somewhere around where Traylon Burks did. I also just think that given the fact that he has such dominant teammates, given the comps, given his production, his early breakout age, given the fact that he's a little bit more nuanced as a route runner, maybe, maybe a little bit more ready. And the fact that look, Traylon Burks isn't going to be the first wide receiver off the board. I, I don't think there's any way that that happens. But I do think that there's probably about a 15, 20% chance that Drake London is the first wide receiver off the board. Byron, you have him ranked a little bit lower, um, sort of uh, bringing him down a small bit in the consensus rankings here. Where, 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 where are you on Drake London? How do you kind of you know view him versus Burks, uh, or like vis-a-vis Burks? Yeah, I think it's a mistake to have London ranked over Burks. I think Burks is a really good prospect that could easily end up being the wide receiver one of this class and and might be the wide receiver one of other maybe uh, less stacked classes. Um, ultimately, my comps are really, really good for Burks. I think 4.55 is a really good time for that guy, actually. It's not a blazing speed, but 4.55 is fine. It's not a bad time. It's no, time. I mean, it really – I mean, whenever you're six foot two, 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 two 2.25, 4.55 is yeah, – I mean, and then, that's enough that, That's enough to where, like, if you're standing in front of him with, with no pads on and he runs right into you, it could probably kill you. Yeah, I think, I think it's more likely that people <laughs> make – I know he didn't test like DK Metcalf, but I think it's more likely that people – make that kind of mistake with him here and he ends up better than some people are giving him credit for right now. I think it's a little bit of a mirage. It's kind of a, people are tricking themselves with some of the narrative here on Burks. And and to me, the thing that stood out about Burks versus London, first of all, London's a guy that needed to run. I mean, he needs to be dinged in the rankings for not running. He's a guy I needed to see to run because look, if you're going to make the people are worried about the Nikhil Harry separation issue with these kind of players, including Burks. That's what people are talking about. Well, I think you see on tape plenty of elite run after catch by Burks. Now, I know that's a little different than just pure separation in a route. But when you think about the Nikhil Harrys, the Brian Quicks of the world, that you've seen some comps like that for for Burks, you never saw run after the catch. Almost, you know. Jay Zarasega, white side. Almost elite run after the catch. I call it quasi-elite run after the catch for Burks. It's all over his tape. So I, I think to me, I, I eliminate a little bit of that concern. I don't see that as much from London. Now, London, I still have some very upside comps for him. I think you could get an Alshon Jeffrey or a Brandon Marshall or Dwayne Bowe or one of these guys out of him, and those are all pretty darn good players. But to me, if you're going to question anybody's ability to separate and be kind of um, uh, circumspect on that aspect, to me, it's London is the one where the questions are. Well, I'm not questioning his ability to separate. I mean, I'm like I, I do. I'm not questioning Burks. I'm, this isn't about this isn't about separation. This is just about you know rawness, route running, you know, breakout age. Uh, just, you know, these are. I mean, Drake Drake London, six foot four, two nineteen. He's a he's a he's a super big dude. He's got arms just as long as Traylon. But they're both thirty three inch arm guys. They both have monster wingspans. I mean, I. I guess what if he I, ran a four six five. Would you have him lower than Burks? If well, I mean a four six five on an on on an injured on it on his injury, on a, just what if he ran a real four six five? But we don't know what this guy runs. Yeah, I mean that's. I guess I mean I guess that's fair. I just with Burks, 
the the other thing with Burks is just like whenever you look at it, I, and I know you're going to pull a, pull the DK Metcalf stuff, but I mean Burks had a Burks had a had a ninth percentile three cone, and he had a twenty first percentile vertical jump. All these guys ride bad three cones and short shuttles. They all have horrible times. Now, I don't know if it was this year at the combine that was measured or what. There's very few guys. No, well, it wasn't because of that. It's because they have to. They make them do everything on the same day now with the bench and the yeah. weigh-ins they, and the test. Everybody game. ran poorly in the agility drills. There's only a couple guys that ran well. And the other thing too about Burks is like he, this is one of these things where you don't. Isn't it sometimes in paralysis by analysis where like he's been like almost the number one prospect for a really long time. Or at the top of the heap, and now down the stretch, people have done so much analysis that somehow he's dropping. But, but the, uh, I, no, it's not somehow. The reason why is because if you look at Traylon Burks with what he was able to do within the context of the Arkansas offense, I mean, it, it, it was it's it's just us fantasy turds that talk about this stuff for so long in advance. And if you look at it, it's like the besides Sky Moore, it's basically the best production profile of 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 anyone. You know, as far as just the pure production last year in his, in his final season, Sky Moore had better production within the context of uh, where, where, where did he go? Western was it? What, yeah, Western Michigan. He had better context within the, you know, better productivity analytically within the context of that Western Michigan offense. But other than that, it was Traylon Burks, and he was at Arkansas. And you turn on the TV and you see Traylon Burks on Saturdays, and you see what he's able to do. And like I said, you see him as a complete athlete. Yeah, I mean, so when you take all the data points together, you put it with your eyeballs. I mean, that's why Traylon Burks was so far ahead all the time. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe you're talking me into maybe getting Burks, Burks, <laughs> Burks back ahead of back ahead of Drake London. But just when I watched Drake London, man, and I just watched him back and watched him hard, I saw more smoothness to his game. I saw more NFL readiness to his game. Um, I guess, uh, a, a, and I guess maybe just with what you know, what we're hearing with with what some of these people are saying about how it's going to take Burks a Burks a while to get up and running, it just has me a little bit spooked. I mean, it's it's a it's a razor thin margin be, be, between those two players, but I won't be getting either of them up above either the Ohio State guys or above Jamison Williams. Any 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 final thoughts on those? Do you guys want to talk about some of these dudes f- further down? Because I mean, there, there's a lot of discussion to be had about you know where do you have this next group? Because people in the dyna- people in the dynasty community get are now getting to like the one point, maybe the one eleven or something like that. We'll talk soon about these running backs and how unappealing some of them feel, sort of at that point, and how you can get some good value in the third round of these dynasty rookie drafts. And you're starting to see guys like Jahan Dotson. George Pickens, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, um, Calvin Austin, some of these guys going a little bit earlier than they were in the early uh, mocks. What do you guys think? Um, is John Dodson just leaps and bounds ahead of all those for you guys? Tra- uh, Byron, Trashman, whoever wants to go in on this. Um, I don't know that he's leaps and, leaps and bounds above George Pickens. Um, I really – I actually really like Pickens the more that I, the more that I watch him. Can you believe um, Pickens' hands went from like eight and three quarters inches to to uh, at the combine to nine to to a nine and a quarter at at his pro day? How do you how how do you how, how do you stretch those things out a whole half? Do they maybe inch? measure the other hand? I don't know how that works. I don't I don't know. It, well, you know what? I think they measure both hands, and they're usually the same size, right? Because of the Senior Bowl, don't you remember those cockamamie measurements, Byron, where one guy has a Le- like it's like the left pinky. hand's like nine and an eighth and the right hand is nine pinky and a that's messed up yeah yeah but um <laughs> yeah so but yeah so no worries there with um 
with Pickens and Pickens actually, you know, he's another injury concern guy, but he was able to, he was able to return this year. Um, Byron, you said that Jahan Dotson's just in a, in a different stratosphere for you. I actually think it's Dotson and Pickens here. I mean, it's it, to me, they live, they live with Drake London for me, but yeah, outside that top four or five, I like to me. So I, I pretty much agree with Trashman. to me, both of those guys, th- those are the clear two that are really enticing prospects next. Yeah. I have Dotson over Pickens. I really like Dotson. I mean, Dotson to me is one of these players that he could end up being like one of the very best players out of this wide receiver class when it's all said and done. I really like his upside, Um, but Pickens is a slick player. He's a very, very slick player. Um, So I think you can make a case for both those guys. I think it's pretty clear that that's who you should be talking about. It's kind of that next tier after that top five. You don't, you don't consider Christian Watson in in, in that tier? No. Uh, I see two guys who look like Marquez Valdez Scantling in this class, but also maybe have the downside of like a Justin Watson. And I actually think that's uh, Christian Watson and, and further down the rankings, Alec Pierce, actually the, the Alec Pierce's presence in this draft class actually pushes Christian Watson maybe down a smidgen for me. They tested very similarly, similar profiles. I think you can argue about the tape on that, but uh, you know, with Watson, no, I don't see the same polished technical wide receiver prospect. I don't, my comps for him ultimately is, more of a guy who is probably a wide receiver three type in the league, maybe could be a wide receiver two like Valdez Scantling, but not an elite wide receiver two. I mean, look, Valdez Scantling got got picked up in the offseason. He was a he was a got sought paid. after I free. Like he got paid, got paid so thirty something million. Yeah, bucks. so I mean, it, it's a, it's a good player. It's a good player, but uh, I don't see the just pure wide receiver prospect that you see with Dotson and Pickens and a guy like Watson. It's more like. Watson's measurables moved him way uh, up people's boards. I feel like, if, I feel like bowl, if you've been at the Senior Bowl, yeah. you have Pierce and Watson in separate Seven, classes. Yeah, they just didn't get world. Those those two are worlds apart, man. It's like they're they're worlds apart. But well, I, I mean, mean, I have them much. I mean, they definitely live in different parts of the rankings, but I I, I see similar type of players there. Yeah, I, I I know that Chris Sims always has these rankings to get everybody up in a. Did did you guys see Chris Sims is uh where he has Alec Pierce in this class? No. Yeah, anybody want to guess? Do so you have a top One? three guy? <laughs> three. Three. Wide receiver there, I, three. There's an Alec Pierce support group out there for sure yeah. um, well he's also got doesn't he have corral like his top quarterback oh yeah he's got corral at one too yeah i, I forgot there were there were a couple things like that that pretty interesting man old 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 chris sims man um all right so i mean I don't, anybody else you guys wanted to like just anybody that you want to touch on I'm, i mentioned sky Moore. he's a guy that i've begun to like and like more and more through this process i almost kind of have him there you know, just after the Pickens and the Jahan Dotsons there with the Christian Watsons. Um, just, you know, if you look at his production, then you look at, I mean, do, do, do you guys realize that Sky Moore at 5'10", 195 pounds, had the biggest hands of any wide receiver at the combine? And, you, man, you, and, and you just, you just, you, you, you meet that dude. And I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, he's the kind of guy that he's going to come into a locker room. They're going to like him. It, you know, he's a, he's a, He's a he's a fun dude to be around, and he's just you can just tell he's a dog, and he is the offense. And he was an early declare, uh, tested really really well. So Sky Sky Moore for me is a guy who 
uh, moved more and more sort of up the ranks as I kind of, you know, got to, got to see more of them. Just really, man, the acceleration, uh, I, I, you can see the acceleration, uh, you know, not necessarily whenever you watch Sky Moore just off the line of scrimmage, that's not necessarily where you see it. When he, when he gets the ball in his hands, he gets up to speed like that. And I think that the 97th percentile 10 yard split at the combine kind of goes, go, goes to show that man, he's got, he's got a lot of get up and go just right off the bat. He's got some jets to him, but also just really dependable hands. He just, I mean, I just kept saying to myself, this guy, this guy reminds me so much of Jarvis Landry. If Jarvis Landry just had some huge twitch, once he gets the ball in his hands. And if you think about a player like that, that's a player that I'm going to be super interested in. Other than that, I mean, there've been guys that we've kind of liked throughout. I mean, we definitely trash man. You and I both really like Jalen Tolbert at the senior bowl. A trash man. Are you still into Wandale Robinson? You were into Wandale for a while. Yeah, Well, I was about to say, I mean, I mean, the two guys that interest me, the two guys that are five, eight, you know, I feel like if they had a couple inches on them, Calvin Austin and Wandell Robinson, we'd be talking about them and, you know, on a higher echelon of player of a receiver. I think both of those guys are being underestimated because of their size, but they, you know, watching their tape and watching them um, and watching Austin at the senior bowl, it's, 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 it's hard to deny the dynamic kind of players you have there. So I got to ask, Trashman, I got to ask you about one thing where I just, you know, we're aligned in a lot of our rankings, but why do you hate John Mechie so much? I have him as wide receiver 13. Byron has him as wide receiver 11. You have him as wide receiver 28. Um, is the, is it, <laughs> did you just think he's just and not it, that good at any one thing? Is that the deal? It's just, it's just I mean, and my, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't do the, I didn't do the, I didn't do the write up on him. Yeah, but you should. But you should. Well, I know, but I'm, saying, I'm saying. But so, like, <laughs> so, like, what? So, in what I saw of him, I didn't see. I didn't see a special player, so he kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, but um, I mean, Jesus Christ, you have like. I mean, I I, I go back and look at him. I mean, you um, have but, you have you have you have you have Reggie Roberson from SMU ranked ahead of John Mechie, man. Come on, dude. I, I can go back and look at him. It, it yeah. was it was a it was more just a, him getting lost in the shuffle and oversight rather than a some kind of specific story. all right well well let's well let, let's at least get that let's make sure you go back through your rankings and make sure that you have them just how you want them before these things go go live on the site Mechie should be one you look at the, the one big disparity i see with um byron is that byron is a lot bigger on justin ross from clemson which is uh, you know ba- trash man and i both have him in the 20s byron has him at wide receiver 12 justin ross course the redshirt junior who um you know ran the what what do you want a four six three at his pro day but yeah. he's been he's he's been injured um I, I think he ran a couple i mean it depends on, i don't i read a couple of accounts where he ran i think at least one four five five at pro day i think that uh, matt, I think Kel- I, matt I, kelly I, has I, it adjusted to like a four six three on player profiler but when i went back and read the actual pro day reports he, I think he had. I think he might have had two well, runs well, in the in the four five fives with at least one four five five. No, I think it was a four five eight because I because we adjust up for the we we adjust up the the, the point zero five two for the pro days. So yeah, I think he was a four five five four six guy. I don't think he was a four six five guy. Okay, well, even if so, I mean, are, are you not worried about the fact that he just looks like a shell of what he what he did as a 
was shell of who he was as a, such a dynamic freshman? Well, look, it's a deep class, so everybody's ultimately going to end up having one or two guys kind of buried in their rankings just by default. But I you think didn't, tw- you don't, you don't have him buried. Well, you have him at twelve. Twelve is a modest ranking. I mean, once you get to we have him in the twenties. Yeah. I, I think you have right. him ranked five. Well, outside your top ten, twelve is a is a modest ranking, and um, it really a lot of these guys that get drafted outside the top 10 receivers are going to be difficult for them to have a fantasy impact. So I think with him, you go with the pedigree, you go with coming out of Clemson. He has some T Higgins to his profile. I mean, that's about what T Higgins ran when he came out as well. And he was a guy that people started to get pretty low on um, pre-draft for various reasons. So, you know, I just said, I think Justin Ross is, he's kind of a, maybe an upside type of guy, right? Just based on his history and his, his, his pedigree, he, does, he certainly doesn't look quite like himself, but, um, you know, I, I thought he deserved not to be totally buried. And I bet you the NFL drafts him will maybe, you know, maybe not early, but I don't – let's see if he's – let's see where he comes off the board in the draft. I mean, is he going to be a the 25th wide receiver off the board? I, I, I kind of doubt it. Yeah, but I have, I have no idea. I, I mean, if I had access to the to the medicals that these teams have, you know, uh, I would probably have a better idea about that. Of course, you can find all of our rankings over at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. Uh, we'll have the Dynasty Rookie Cheat Sheet up by Monday because we know that on Monday that's when drafts will be not, you know, a week from the recording of this podcast. The Dynasty Cheat Sheet will be up for the rookie drafts. Everything will have to be recalibrated then as far as rankings once, once we have landing spots. But it's the same as always, just the easy tool where you pick the highest player up. And uh, follow the three simple rules and expert quality dynasty rookie draft is always guaranteed. And of course, we have to mention our sponsor for this episode, Underdog Fantasy, where you can go right now and you can still get in on the uh, the rookies and sophomores drafts right now. The Superflex, um, the Superflex drafts right now that are going to be going on here through the end of the NFL draft. But you know, most importantly, go in there, get deposited now for whenever we get these rookie landing spots in the big, big tournaments. Rod. They're going to have another million-dollar dollar prize this year at Underdog Fantasy. It's best ball fantasy football where all you do is draft a team. There's no setting any lineups. There's no trades. There's no anything. You draft the team, and you do it right now, right? You can do it right now in April and in May and all through the summertime where you can get values on these guys that are going to be you know really cracking up their ADPs once these – you know redraft league start in earnest it's it's a great time right now to go to underdog fantasy use promo code roster to get a 100 deposit bonus up to 100 dollars. underdog has been great to us man we'd appreciate you guys going there uh you're going to get your deposit bonus as i said 100 deposit bonus up to 100 dollars. So that's free money to play with and these aren't a bunch of leagues you're gonna have to manage it's, it's best ball it's super super easy you just have to look at your teams you root for your teams at the end of the week the software takes the best team and puts it in there. What better way could you have to try and win a million dollars playing season long football? So that's underdog fantasy use promo code roster at sign up for a 100% deposit bonus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, let's talk about these running backs, guys. And Byron is our 
Byron, I had no idea Byron was going to come through with the top his 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 top twenty five here. So Byron, Byron kind of carrying the crew here at the running backs. But I know Trashman and I have some real thoughts here. Some of the top fifteen guys. Uh, do we really need to talk about the Brees Hall, Kenny Walker stuff, Byron? I mean, I told you when I watched Kenny Walker, I think I get I'm, I almost get more excited when I watch Kenny Walker just because I loved it. I love to watch that guy <laughs> run. But man, you just put the whole package together for Brees Hall, uh, Brees Hall. And you see, you know, he's 5'11", he's 217, he ran the 4'39". So both these guys have, you know, what, 2'11 for Kenny Walker, 217 for for Brees Hall. But when you look at Brees Hall, we just have the, you know, we have the Matt Forte and the Joe Adai and the Antonio Gibson and the Josh Jacobs kind of comps. Whereas with Kenny Walker, it's more of sort of a, you know, I thought with Kenny Walker, when I watched him, he really reminds me of a, one of these big 10 sort of accumulators who um, who was a like a dope Walker winner and a Walter camp player of the year winner, which is, you know, great patience and vision and balance and all this stuff as an inside runner and a, and a compiler in the big 10, just a, just a, a, just elite volume back. And to me, that just reminded me of Melvin Gordon, especially when you consider the fact that Melvin Gordon wasn't used at all as a receiver in college and that turned out that's turned out to be a really good part of melvin gordon's game but kenny walker that's obviously what a lot of people are worried about people are worried about the pass protection and stuff byron you told me then you said dude i'm the biggest kenny walker apologist there is but you know and i know you love watching him but you can't rank him above Brees hall <laughs> Brees hall um how do you juxtapose those two was well, funny because remember i was bugging the hell out of you before early, i even early. was thinking about kenny walker back la- back around this time last year <laughs> <laughs> saying man dude you got this you have this guy on your debbie squads um it's fun to watch that one kind of shake out um look two elite running back prospects in this class i think beyond that everybody is more than likely a split time player or some type of backup player that said like i think it's a really good quality of depth in this class can't be the best class ever every year otherwise that wouldn't make any sense right but it it is i think there's a thing where college is just cranking out a lot of good prospects right now so there are a lot of good running backs i like in this one but it is two clear guys and ultimately have great comps for Brees hall and for uh kenneth walker i you saw i think the melvin gordon is interesting from a profile perspective i think that's really astute that you mentioned that alex i see a little more of a dalvin cook a little more of a LaShawn mccoy type of player there so those are excellent comps as far as Brees Hall, I mean, it's very simple for me. I mean, I, I do agree you can make a very strong argument that Kenneth Walker is the most pure runner um, in this class. But uh, ultimately, I think Brees Hall stands the best chance to get the most touches. And that's what a lot of success is going to be predicated on at the position. And, and, and in addition to that, Brees Hall is a very good prospect. My comps for Brees Hall were um, Antonio Gibson, Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor. So that's a hell of a group. When you have comps like that, uh, it's hard not to put put the dude at number one. Yeah. Well, it, it, so it wasn't even like it's just wild. So it's not. It wasn't mainly the pass catching. That was the main thing for me. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, for me, I mean, it's, that's why I look him as runners. I'm just like, well, there's things Brees Hall I like better. He's Brees Hall's more athletic. I mean, look at the guy, look at the damn guy's spider graph. He's like a 93rd percentile 40 yard dash, a 94th percentile, you know, vertical, a 91st percentile broad jump, you know, everything. I mean, 
everything, you know, as far as his, as far as his Ooh. physical profile, his speed scores, his size, like his size adjusted speed. It's like, you look at all that stuff, plus the receiving work. And well, I think that's like, part of the reason he stands at odds to get more, more touches is his size and his receiving profile. To me, that was the difference. It's like, all right, this yeah. guy had, they, these both guys have massive upside, but I think because of those two factors, Brees Hall, you have to give him higher odds of getting more touches. Trash man, you have thoughts on Brees and, and Kenny Walker? I mean, yeah, that's what it was for me. It's it's um, versatility of Hall, his, his passing game prowess. I mean, like, like, like the Matt Forte. It just like we remember when Matt Forte was a tour de force in the NFL. I mean, he just he he could hurt you in so many ways, and he was just you know they didn't take him out of the game. Um, and I feel like Brees Hall is potentially that kind of player do you do you think Brees Hall is a better uh Byron you always love David Montgomery but you think Brees Hall is a a better a a better Iowa State running back don't you yeah yeah I was big David Montgomery guy but yeah Brees Hall I mean the other thing even to to Trashman's point even if we want to call him a Matt Forte which I think is a very interesting cop Matt Matt Forte was a sneaky guy at the goal line for his style and that's the other edge where you might give uh it might tip things in the favor of Brees Hall a little bit. I think you can argue he looks like a little bit better, more powerful back at the goal line. Trashman and I both have Damian Pierce as our number three, sort of our guy from the our guy from the Senior Bowl, just an absolute violent runner who looked like one of honestly looked like one of the better runners that I've seen at the scene. I mean, it was a it was a Kareem Hunt type of Senior Bowl week for him. Um, it's five ten, two hundred and what was he two twenty four? It's two twenty four at his pro day, right? But he did not run at the pro day, so he's a little little bit heavier than he was at the combine. Um, ran, ran the four five nine. My comp for him is Darius Geis. Um, I think that that I mean he just reminds me so much of Geis, man. He get like he runs he runs behind his pads. He is always falling forward. Just elite contact balance, elite vision and feel. Just I mean, trash me. Do you do you remember his ability to pop through the line of scrimmage and get to the second level with the? It's just you'd have Brian Robinson from Alabama there. You know, try. Yeah, he looked pedestrian next. He to would him. just he would just he would just get stoned to the line of scrimmage. Next thing you know, Damian Pierce is breaking through. He's getting to the second level. He's impossible to tackle. And then and then next thing you know, he's running these damn wheel routes and catching one handed balls behind his back and stuff. I was he like, looks like a. I mean, like a bull. I mean, he's the way he's built. You know, he's he's thick. He's he's yeah stout. yeah. And, but, like, and being able to move like that. Byron, 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 not as Byron, not as big a fan though of Damian. Pierce. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, he wasn't at the Senior Bowl. I mean, I think where we're seeing our main discrepancies are these players senior who bowl either guys, maybe, pop yeah, at the right. Senior Bowl or kind of you know. And, and what's interesting, having just watched it on on TV this year while you guys were there, I actually think it probably works in both directions. But I think you guys may be a little bit overly biased towards the Senior Bowl players. Now, what's funny is you mentioned that trash man, but I was actually texting you guys during the senior bowl that Damian Pierce looks like Damian Harris. And I even said maybe even, like a, little bit of a, even a little bit of a Michael Carter, but bigger. So trust me, I, I my, my ranking on Damian Pierce ultimately surprised me at eight. I, I fear that maybe I'm a little bit low on him, but I think our cumulative ranking on him is very, very solid due to the limited production due to the fact out of the top eight guys, four, five, nine was a good run for him, but he was the slowest guy in the top eight at four, five, him, yeah, and, Spil- I mean- him and Spiller. Right. Basically both four, six guys. So that is ultimately what pushed Pierce down for me a little bit. The limited production profile, 
the four five nine, but I do really like him. I think Damian Harris is a good player in the league, and I see that kind of upside for Pierce. Um, so I, I do really like I do really like Pierce. I don't know if he's a full time player or not. I think your Cream Hunt comp is an interesting one. Do do you th- do you think that what do you, what do you think about guys? Geis ran four four something. Geis is fast as hell, and Damian Pierce is not. But I could see you trying to like say they have some kind of little angry, violent style or something. Yeah. What What do you think about? Um, what do you think about a? All right. Well, then what do you think about like a Michael Turner or a Ray Rice or uh, MJD or something? Well, I see him as bigger than Ray Rice and MJD. Right. Those guys were two o five ish, I believe. But his body type looks. Yeah, I could. So well, that's why I said him. I saw Michael Carter when I was watching on TV, but yeah. ultimately Carter's a smaller guy. So I get that he plays compact. Uh, he plays compact, which is, makes me, you really like his his running me. style for that size. So yeah, I I totally um I totally get it. I'm I'm fond of Damian Pierce, but uh, you know, I for me he just fell out of that top five by just a smidgen. But I, I do really like him. The 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 I mean Isaiah Spiller. I mean probably it looks like. Just by happen, even though none of us have him ranked any higher than like four or five, it looks like he's probably going to be our consensus number three. Um, don't know how ex- how exactly I feel about that, just to, because of you know his horrible horrible testing. Um, you know, just really, I mean, his three cone was the worst. Or wait, was it? Uh, it was his vertical that was terrible. When his, he and he didn't improve on it at the pro day, did he? Trash man, he didn't improve the vertical. 30. It's like 30.5. It was, it was pretty bad. Um, so bad, bad explosive testing, bad, uh, bad 40. I will say, I will say I saw him favoring one of his legs at his pro day. I thought trash, you're going to go to your grave with this damn thing that Isaiah Spiller was hurt at the pro day. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't think he tested healthy in, in, in either case. So it was really hard for me. And then I would just, I just watched his tape then. I was like, so what is this guy doing in games? And it's, it's undeniable the, the, the talent that he has there. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of running with that, with that, with that um, narrative um, that he isn't, wasn't completely healthy during his pro day or the combine. I saw him, saw him favoring a leg with my own two eyes. And I caught, I clocked him on his 40 with uh, like a four or five, four or five, four. Yeah, well, um, but yeah, but you were probably at a weirder angle than the scouts, and like I mean, I think I like, was a better angle than the scouts. Yeah, right, trash man. Like the guys, like they don't give the scouts. There were other guys clocking him on the, the scouts. Just the, the dude's trash man. The scouts, they're six inches away from the line where his foot lands. But but don't don't you guys get the feeling that the NFL is probably higher on Spiller than yes. maybe the rest of us? Spiller's that's a the good feeling. player. That's it's the good. feeling. Get yeah, I, I think he's the other guy you could argue has a Kareem Hunt type profile again. I'm not sure he's more than a, a part-time guy. I don't. I don't know that he's going to be a, a full-time guy. But I, I think you could argue as a cream. A Hunt lot of these guys profile. are be full-time guys. And and, and I, I think people. I think that the NFL is just going to overall like his production coming out of a And M. I mean, it's a nice profile. I mean, I think he's a full-time guy potentially. He, he I, could like, be. I, my comparison could with be. Bill Mixon. I think he's got that kind of upside. Well, the I thing, think, is, the thing is, well, yeah, I mean, two hundred seventeen pounds. I mean, six feet, two hundred seventeen pounds. He's got that kind of style, and um, you know, Mixon. I mean, Mixon played in the committee whenever he was in college too. So, I mean, I, I guess I could, 
kind of kind of see it a little bit. Mixon just seems like much more of a powerful runner, right? It just doesn't see it doesn't doesn't seem like Isaiah Spiller's a little a little bit more a little bit more finesse. I don't know. Watching his tape, he had the power. I I, I see Trash Man's point. To me, he's a little bit of that kind of that angry style, like Kareem Hunt, where it's kind of this side to side action a little bit when he runs, but it's this angry style, not super fast, but he is a he is effective, and I think you could argue you see a little bit of that with Joe Mixon, who didn't really – he wasn't a blazer, I don't think, coming out. So so you guys are both uh, – well, all we, had, all we had was the pro day that we, that we weren't allowed into because mm-hmm. OU's media people suck so bad. They, they didn't allow Mixon to the combine that year. We're, we're, do you guys remember – have the rules changed on that about the personal conduct policy for the combine? It, did, did they only do that for one year and then they don't really do it anymore? you've been accused of some kind of crime they don't allow you the combine i haven't heard about any players that have sort of come up with that ever since mixon's year that was a big deal that year um uh byron you're you're higher on rashad white than both of us rashad white was the other guy at the senior bowl who was the all senior bowler besides damian pierce you took we talked about some guys that we feel like have more of the angry running styles Rashad White is not one of those guys. Rashad White has a smooth, deliberate, patient running style so much to where it's like, you know, I mean, we thought that he was, I mean, we thought it looked like, you know, we thought it looked like Le'Veon Bell at the, uh, at the senior bowl because of the way that he would sort of flow behind the line, wait for his, you know, almost the stuff we'd almost stop behind his blockers, wait for a hole to emerge and squirt through it. Plus his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. That's the thing that people really, really latch on to with him. I mean, 43 catches last year. That was 21% of Arizona State receptions. He was a redshirt senior last year, so he'll be 23 this year. And he ran a 4.48 uh, at the combine, which was, you know, which was good for Rashad White. But you have him in your top three. Um, and that's kind of where he's going, man. It's kind of where he's going is the third wide receiver. There's the third running back off the board in a lot of these dynasty rookie drafts. What is it about Rashad White that you like? And um, for I'll just explain to you my ranking on him. I have him. I, I was having trouble deciding between him at seven or eight, and I ended up having him at eight because I'm sure we'll talk about Pierre Strong. I just thought that Pierre Strong might bring a little bit more, just with that you know completely game game breaking speed that he has, even though he comes from the smaller school uh, there there at South Dakota State. Yeah, so to me, after the top two guys, which are clear-cut, there was kind of like the next tier was three dudes, was Spiller, White, and Robinson. And actually, for the reasons you outlined about Spiller a few minutes ago, Spiller was my lowest ranked of that group. I had him as my number five guy. And I think you also make a really interesting point about um, Rashad White. You know, I thought of Le'Veon Bell, too, when I watched him, with the exception of him being 214 pounds. That's the only reason – I didn't give him that comp, but I think he's an interesting guy because sometimes on tape he looks a little slow or lead-footed, but I think it's deception because he tested really, really, really well, right? So ultimately, I again, I think most of these dudes after the top two are most likely to be like part-time players, but I thought I think the guys that are going to get the draft capital from the NFL are White and Robinson and Spiller here. Which is going to you be think meaning. White's going to get draft cap beat be, because there's buzz out there that, that the NFL might not like White as much as the fantasy community. Do you think he'll get we'll, the draft cap? We'll, we'll see. I, I I think so. I think so. And um, so for me, the way that I kind of looked at that group is I said, okay, well, I don't really see any of them are full time players, but I thought Rashad White had 
like the highest upside. I really love the comp you guys had in the ranking sheet of Kenyon Drake because I was confused. Like I was like, man, is this guy more of a carry on Johnson or is he more of an Alvin Kamara? And I think that Kenyon Drake, it was like kind of some a middle ground on that. So I think y'all's yeah. comp there was pretty good. But in the end, I see a situation where maybe he does have like an Alvin Kamara upside. You mentioned the Le'Veon Bell. In that case, I, to me, that's what drove him over Spiller and Robinson. I, I think that out of that, I think it's a tough group to rank, but I think White has maybe the most upside of those dudes. And a lot of that has to do with that receiving profile and the athletic testing. Do, do you guys, do you guys think that Pierre strong could, do you think, do, I mean, is Pierre strong? Or are we just kind of betting, we're just betting on the come with this guy just because of the kind of South Dakota state stuff. Because whenever I've watched him, uh, Pierre strong, 5'11", 207. And to me, it's just like the only, the only real cons that I could come up with, because here's, here's, here's what we, here's what we have with him. We have just the, you know, adequate size of 211 and blazing fast. I mean, 99th percentile in his 40, 95th percentile speed score, 85th percentile burst score, just a mega statistical producer. He had good passing game involvement. Kind of an upright runner, one of these slashing kind of upright runners, but just fun, fun to watch, man. He's, he's got these, he's got these, um, he's 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 one of these long, he's he's got real long legs, right? He's one of these kind of long, long legged, upright runners. He almost doesn't. I I don't I don't know. I mean, he he looks like he's he looks big. He just looks bigger and stronger than everybody else. These I, I said two eleven. I think he's two oh seven, right? I think he's 207 and he just looks bigger and stronger than that. So I think he might be, you know, that's definitely level of competition stuff. The only other thing that, you know, the, the thing, the cons I had about him is he'll be 24 by the end of the 2022 league year. And also, I mean, these, when I looked at PFF, I saw they had four fumbles in 2021. That's, that's abysmal to have four fumbles. And then the other thing was the nine, the nine drops on 71 career catchable uh, pass targets. Um, which is pretty, pretty bad, you know, so he had solid passing game involvement, but maybe not a natural pass catcher, but you man, just something about Pierre Strong's tape, the testing. It, to me, it feels like that there's maybe some, I had a hard time between him and Rashad white. Any Byron, do you have thoughts on Pierre Strong? I mean, I, I love Pierre Strong. I think he's an awesome prospect. I worry a little bit about draft capital with him. I look at him and I see Raheem Mostert. I look at him. I see Elijah Mitchell, I think there's a good chance he's going to have to have that kind of pathway to success, which is a little bit tricky, you know, for fantasy as we're kind of trying to project what, you know, what might happen down the line. But yeah, I mean, I love the prospect. I think he's in that league of player. And if he, he's the kind of guy that if he does get the opportunity, we're going to, we're going to really, really be excited. I want to, I want to just talk about one more guy and then Byron, I want to just hear from you about one player who might be a little bit farther down your rankings that we haven't gotten to um, that you think could really surprise people. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there is one, but maybe if you could just, just choose one, but, but, but before we talk about that, I just want to ask you about Zamir White. It feels like, you know, we probably got to talk about Zamir White and James Cook and sort of where we kind of have them. I mean, I have Zamir White, I, I love watching Zamir White, and I have him ranked a lot higher than, than you guys do. Really enjoyed his interview at the Combine. Um, really, you know, liked the fact that he was the number one running back in high school 
coming out of uh, com- coming out in 2018. It's just that he's had two major ACL injuries, um, I guess 2016 and 2018. Um, but you know, he, he, he was, he was good. He was good at the combine, man. He tested with a lead burst. He had a 94th percentile broad jump. Uh, he had a 93rd percentile 40 time and 91st percentile 10 yard split. And I just love seeing these guys with the, you know, the great leg drive, the good balance, the, you know, the ability to, the, the, the ability to get through the line of scrimmage and, sh- and shed through their hips. I, I think that Zamir White looks like a really good runner. I, I wonder if the medicals are going to, the medicals are going to be there for him. Is, do you want to talk about Zamir White and James Cook? If, if you have, if you have thoughts on, on, on those, on, on the Georgia duo. Is that a question for me or trash man, Alex? You were trying. Mean, I figure for you since you since you've done so. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see. And maybe this is. I'd be interested to hear what what Trashman thinks. I didn't see the most natural running back with Zamir White. You I didn't mean, think I, he looks. You don't think he looks natural I, for me. It just didn't. He didn't look like the most natural player at the position. I know his hands were kind of small. I mean, I'm not going to knock him too much for that. But uh, again, there's like a lot of good guys at the top, and there's just dudes like uh, like like Pierre Strong and hell Jerome Ford that I like better you know even Ty Chandler some of those dudes just pushed him down you like Ty Chandler better than better than Zemir White Ty Chandler is I mean I know Matt Waldman criticizes some of his he doesn't have like elite instincts to like suck the defenders up and like you know and capital like make a bigger play than just like following his blocks or whatever but overall that guy's got pretty electric tape um he's pretty well rounded he's got good size and who's to say he can't kind of maybe improve some of those skills that people are criticizing him for in terms of his technical ability you know like finding that locating the holes and setting up defenders and stuff i think that's pretty high level criticism some of this stuff that matt waldman says i mean we love matt waldman he comes on the pod i mean you guys should go get the rookie scouting portfolio etc but i mean matt sometimes he matt 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 gets pretty far into the weeds man he gets a little googly eyed watching these players sometimes (laughs) he talks about uh once he gets to his third step he doesn't pivot in he 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 doesn't place his weight on the inside ball i'm like how much are we gonna knock him for following his blocks and like executing the run that they probably wanted him to you know it wasn't elite like (laughs) <laughs> set up job but yeah I, I i do i mean it's close i think those guys are back to back in my rankings but i i do i thought ty chandler looked like a, a little more natural at the position a little bit more uh, just a playmaker that really caught my eye
you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 